The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Oh, welcome to Brother from Another, another edition on a Tuesday following a great holiday Monday. The last Monday, uh, Jim Trotter, that I'm going to have off, I think, for the rest of the year. I mean, that was it. Like Summer is officially over now. Labor Day ends the summer. Good to see you, my brother. Great shirt. How you doing? I'm doing great, man. I appreciate you having me again. I got to say, I got a kick out of you busting Michael's chops a little bit about working one day a week. So um, whenever I see you two go back and forth, I get a kick out of it. I mean, like, how how did this happen? I was I was supposed to be the mentor back in the day. He's the mentee. And like, how did he how did he do this? How did he pull this off? It's amazing. But I gotta tell you what's more amazing than that. We just showed that clip of John Harbaugh. And I don't know, Jim Trotter. I, I love I love the Ravens. I love the organization. General manager Eric DaCosta, great. And then before DaCosta was general manager, Ozzie Newsom. Love Ozzie Newsom. Like everything about their culture, I absolutely adore. And I think that's the reason. A lot of people, I think a lot of people feel like me. They love the Ravens. They just do a lot of things the right way. Because of our love for the Ravens, we're making this Lamar Jackson situation make sense. But I don't really think it makes any any, any sense. If you think about it, and you say it out loud, Jim, uh, I like Lamar Jackson. They're trying to handle him. They're trying to hand him the bag. Here, take the bag. Here, got a lot of money. It's going to be a lot of money. It's going to be a lot of money guaranteed. You're going to be paid like the MVP that you are. We're going to be we're going to pay you like the under 25 quarterback that you are. Here, take it. And he won't take it. <laughs> let me what? let me first let me first ask you, Mr. Holly. Everyone is making assumptions about what he is being offered. Do we know? No. Do we know credibly what he has been offered? No, no. And no. even if we did, do we know the structure of what is being offered? No. Okay. Uh, okay. So come on. Go ahead. Really? Go ahead. Really? All right. Okay. Yeah. So do you think the Ravens are going to be like, which organization can I pick on? Um, just a, a, it's a bad organization that is going to short him. That is not even going to like pay him market value oh, for, for what, for what purpose? Because he here represents is, himself. He, no, but here is the point again, the Ravens and most NFL teams, all except for the Cleveland Browns have a structure that they want to operate under. I am assuming here because I do not know the details of what offer the Ravens have made to Lamar. But Lamar is going to operate off of what? You would assume the Deshaun Watson contract. And he is going to say, essentially, we are the same age. I am a more decorated player. I have had more success and team success than Deshaun Watson has had. And therefore, why should I take less money and less guaranteed money 
than Deshaun Watson. And he has a point. Look, the reality is, Michael, you hear this all the time where NFL players gripe about not having guaranteed contracts. And there is nothing in the CBA that prevents or prohibits a player from having a guaranteed contract except the player himself. They don't want to fight for that or stand up and say, you know what? I'm not going to sign a contract unless it's fully guaranteed. Deshaun Watson got it. Unusual circumstances? Absolutely. But he got it. Kirk Cousins got it not too long ago when he signed with the Vikings. So it's not like it can't be done. And it may be simply that Lamar Jackson is saying, there is nothing that prevents you as the team from fully guaranteeing my contract. And therefore, that's what I want. And, and again, we're just assuming here because we don't know the details. Right. But I'm all with Lamar. Okay. Now, that's an ex- those are excellent points, Jim. But the, the more I think about it, okay, that, that everything you say is plausible. But isn't this plausible, too? There, there are a couple of reasons. Maybe that, let's say there are like five reasons you won't sign a contract. One of them could be the money is not right. Or, as you said earlier, maybe the structure is not right. I'll tell you what could be number five on the list or number four on the list. You don't want to play there. Nah, I'm not buying what, that. What, you're not buying it. Not no, at all. You're not. T- t- tell me why. Tell me why you're not buying it. That it, it all makes sense. Kyler Murray got his deal. Maybe he said, I'm not Kyler Murray. I'm better. Sure enough, but it's a ton of guaranteed money. Deshaun Watson got the rare $230 million guaranteed deal. Rare. But as you say, maybe he says, I'm better than Deshaun Watson. Look at that money. It's a lot of money. <laughs> okay. It no, it is a lot of money. Holding out for a guarantee or it could be holding out for another team. No, I don't buy the other team logic from this standpoint. As you have said, the Ravens are a first-class organization. Everybody knows that. They treat their players right. They win games. And secondly, they have built this offense around Lamar Jackson. Greg Roman, in terms of, of a mobile quarterback, a run game offense, uh, has shown, going back to San Francisco with Colin Kaepernick, that he's one of the best at doing that. So they have done that for Lamar. And the, lastly here, Lamar Jackson has always been upfront and honest whenever he has addressed the media. When he speaks on something, It is usually, I shouldn't say usually, every time that I know, I've never known him not to be genuine and forthright when he comments on something and gives his opinion. He has said he wants to play in Baltimore. If he did not, I believe he would say that, but that's not his nature. The thing, one of the things I love most about Lamar Jackson, besides his playmaking ability and all of that, is his authenticity. So for me, if he didn't want to be in Baltimore, I believe he would have said that or let us know in some sort of way. And he has not. To the contrary, he has said it is where he wants to be. Let us know in some kind of way, like not signing a contract. I I don't know. Look, look, Jim. It's funny. That's the only, but that's the only point you can pull out on that. I, I know, but it's the, it's the major point because it would make me nervous. And maybe I'm just projecting of putting myself in this situation if I'm trying to get a valuable employee, not only a valuable employee, my most valuable employee to sign the deal and the employee does not sign the deal. And I'm trying to structure everything in my organization 
as you pointed out, everything is around Lamar Jackson. The way they play, the way they run the ball, the trade that they just made with Arizona, Hollywood Brown out, and not that he had any beef with Lamar Jackson, but DeCosta said it. He said in the draft, he didn't want to be there. Hollywood Brown didn't want to be there. Can I ask you a question, Mr. Holly? Can I ask you a question? Yes. When you were their deal with NBC Peacock, if they had not paid you what you wanted, if they had not structured your schedule, the show in a way that you wanted, would you have signed the contract? I'm just asking. What's that? Talk to my attorney. What? What? What's your, how's your answer? I'm just asking. What should I say? What should I say? <laughs> oh, come on, man. Don't wait. Okay, they didn't structure it the right way. No. Theoretically, uh, theoretically, I would not have signed the deal. It's got to be perfect. It's got to be perfect. Everything's got to be right. Look, no, it's different. It's a great question. What, what's you asked different Jim about Trotter, But this is what, this is why I'm so, different? I'm so, so, I'm so self-aware. Let me say what's different. You're not answering me here. What's what's different? I'm not the Lamar Jackson of NBC. I know that. I know that. Oh. One day oh, I on. have aspirations. I have aspirations. One day. Short. One day I'll get there. I'll get there. Keep fighting. Keep fighting. Keep working. But Lamar Jackson, no, truly, he has all the left. NBC has not built everything around me. And so they're not waiting for me to make this decision. And and that that's the ultimate negotiation, isn't it? Like when you're negotiating, like you've been through many negotiations, I have too. It's a back and forth. It's respectful. Sometimes it gets a little tense, a little hairy. You, you get your little feelings hurt every now and then. Then you make a deal because you both want to make a deal. That's how most of them go. I have never been in a negotiation, Jim, where someone comes to me and says, hey, um, we want to give you a contract right now. Okay, you want to sign it here here and I don't know how much money they offered them, but they seem very eager to make a deal so eager that I've heard their owner talking about Lamar Jackson, how they want to sign him, and how and, and speculating on why he hasn't signed the owner of the franchise and the general manager has talked about it and the head coach talked about it. So this is a unique position. Oh. For an incredible so, player. Let me ask you this then, since we're talking business here, right? Lamar yep. Jackson is a business, as Jay Z would say, a businessman. Business. So man. Lamar knows. Yes. Lamar knows that the longer this goes, the more money he can earn. Because why? Because if this goes into next spring, what do we know? Justin Herbert is going to break the bank with the Chargers. Joey Burrow is going to break the bank with the Cincinnati Bengals. And therefore, Lamar Jackson can sit back and say, let those deals get done. And then I'll do my deal. And then if I don't want to do a deal or we can't come to terms, I will play under the franchise tag. So potentially, let's say, and look, everyone says, well, he can lose out on all this money. Is there anyone who really believes Lamar Jackson does not have an insurance policy against a career ending injury? No. Well, and, I, and I'm, I'm I'm sitting here, I'm sitting here, Jim, ooing and eyeing because I'm looking at the B-roll. Uh, for those of you watching on Peacock TV, you see what I'm seeing. But listening on uh, Sirius XM Channel 85, we're showing some 
some clips of Lamar Jackson and they're pretty damn impressive. And it leads me to this. We talked about the money and you're right. There's a business aspect of this deal and I do want to congratulate him for kind of setting the standard for representing himself. I know he's not the only player who's done it. I'm sure he has people, you know, giving him advice on how to handle it, but it's his career and ultimately he has to make the decision. I'm glad that he is representing himself in this deal. But we've talked about the business part of it. How about on the field? AFC North, you've got Deshaun Watson, eventually. You've got Lamar Jackson. you got Joe Burrow and Mitch Trubisky slash Kenny Pickett. We'll talk about that later. Kenny right. Pickett. Right. So I, those first three, the, the, the last two are really not in this conversation. They're, they're go, they'll be good quarterbacks, but they're not on these. Those first three, those are all elite quarterbacks. If you had to pick one of them, you got to call one of them the best. Who's the best one? Oh, that is so hard um, because they're u- unique in their own ways. I mean, we know that Lamar, uh, as a runner, is unparalleled at the position. The thing that people don't talk about enough is that he's underrated as a passer, too. Go back and look at his passing numbers in terms of the production that he has had there, yeah. in terms of touchdown passes and whatnot. And he is a legitimate dual threat. Deshaun Watson has shown that he is a legitimate dual threat. Um, Does he have the flair as a runner that Lamar has? No, but we know mobility-wise, he's a guy you got to account for in that way. Joey B, that's not his game. But in terms of from the pocket, he's tremendous. So if I were to pick one, to be honest with you, I would ask myself, am I looking short-term or long-term? Because if I'm looking long-term, I'm going to say, give me the pocket passer because his career should be longer. Why? Because he's probably not going to take as many hits as the mole quarterback who's getting out at times. Um, and the one thing about Lamar, he has taken a lot of hits. Not not the devastating kind, but enough that it concerns you. Um, so if I had to pick one and we're talking long-term, I'm probably going Joey B., if we're talking in the five to six, seven year range, I think I go Lamar. Yeah, I, I, I think I'm gonna go. Uh, I think I'm gonna go Burrow, and he's ever he's ever been an MVP. I'm gonna go Burrow because yeah, but he's of what only, he's, he's done. only been in the league a minute. No, I'm saying, but he will I, be. I'm saying MVP, but only in the context of oh, here's the standard for you to be considered great. You got to win MVP. I'm not saying that. I'm saying compared to a guy, I'm picking him over a guy who has been an MVP in Lamar Jackson. That's all I'm saying. But I think he has what he did last year and what he started to do before he got hurt his rookie year. It's incredible. Not only that, it's not only what he did on the field, you know, just a, a leader, a natural leader for the Bengals. But what he did for that franchise before they even drafted him. Remember him. You probably were there. They're talking to him in Indianapolis and the Bengals had a number one pick. And at the time, how soon we forget, nobody wanted to go there. You're thinking, oh, wow. You want to go to the Bengals? He was like, I'd love to. I love the opportunity. I grew up in Ohio. Um, yeah, I, I, I'd, I'd like the opportunity to, to lead that franchise. And just he just always... He finds a way to turn uh, uh, potentially negative situations into positive uh, statements. 
Uh, he just frames things in a certain kind of way, and he can ball. And that well, one team of the things- follows him. That team follows him. Guy going to his third year, a leader already. No, absolutely. I think that's one of the intangibles about the quarterback position that you have to have to me to truly be special is that if you're going to lead, people have to want to follow you. And these quarterbacks that we're talking about have that. Joey B, I, I remember I was at the combine when he gave that, when he had that press conference and he was asked at least a dozen times about Cincinnati. Would he say he would not play there? And, and he, he said, no, you know, I will play if they draft me. But the other thing, let me say this about leadership and guys rallying behind the guy. I will never forget this. Year two of Lamar Jackson, they opened the preseason at the Hall of Fame game. I'm talking to one of the team employees who has been there with the organization since back when the organization was in Cleveland. And this person said Mm. to me, he has never seen players rally around a guy like they have to Lamar Jackson. And I said, wait a minute, wait a minute. You had Ray Lewis, you had Ed Reed, Jonathan Ogden, all of these guys. And you're telling me that guys have rallied around Lamar Jackson unlike they did to those players. And this person who I respect and who I don't believe would blow smoke up my my bottom said yes, that he has that kind of it about him. And so again, what I think it goes back to is you and I have talked about is that authenticity factor. Lamar Jackson is going to be who he is. What you think be damned. And he is going to do it his way. And that image of him and his mom sitting in that green room at the draft as we're getting near the bottom of the first round and everybody is gone, but it's just the two of them together sitting there waiting on his name to be called. That image is is seared in my memory in terms of when people talk about why they do things the way they do, it's because they are that tight, that close. And there's that love and that bond between the two of them that Above all else, it's the two of them against the world, and they're going to do what they think is best for them and for Lamar. And he went to the right franchise, didn't he, Jim? I mean, just being drafted. Being drafted by the Ravens. And for some strange reason, I know he was hurt last year. I'm still not worried about him getting hurt running the football. Let me say this to you about – well, let me say this to you about that. I had a story I was working on last year about Lamar before he got hurt. And so it never ran because obviously he got hurt and didn't play again. And I was talking to defensive players about what is it like to actually play this guy and see him in the open field. And I'll never forget one of the things Tyron Matthews said to me was that he's a lot bigger than you think. Mm. And people look at him because he's not, you know, prior to this year. He wasn't, yeah, he wasn't bulked up up top, but he said, you look at him from the waist down, he's got some mass on him. And he said, he is a strong, physical dude. So if you think that you're just going to lay him out or square him up, you got another thing coming. Besides, So besides that speed and elusiveness, he can be physical when he has to. But the thing I've seen with Lamar is he knows when to use one or the other. You know, and he doesn't take a lot. Every quarterback is going to get hit, but he doesn't take a lot of those devastatings that you see some mobile quarterbacks take. All right, Jim Trotter, stick around. You got a new colleague. I don't know if you realize this new colleague, Eric Edholm, came over from Yahoo. Now 
uh, NFL media. So Eric Edholm will join us when we come back to Brother from Another. Talk some football with Eric before game one. It's just in a couple days. A couple days. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. You guys have asked a lot about the development of the quarterback position. I'll talk about that decision-making process, so we got complete clarity there. As you guys have seen, because of the release of our depth chart, Mitch Trubisky is our starting quarterback and our captain. Um, Man, we're just really comfortable with what Mitch has shown us. Um, He's a guy that came to us with with franchise quarterback experience, if you will. He's comfortable in those shoes. He's been the focal point of a football team and organization before. He's had success in doing so. Like I mentioned, when we acquired him, he took the Bears to the playoffs two out of four years. He has a winning record as a starting quarterback. Uh, Those things were attractive to us. Uh, His athleticism and mobility were attractive to us. Um, He took care of the football in stadium. All our quarterbacks did, and and I think I'd be remiss if I didn't say that. Um, It's good to come to decisions based on what people are doing as opposed to what people are not doing. I, I'll tell you, you guys don't know this about me. Uh, Jim Trotter, Eric at home. You don't know this about me. Sometimes I just like some people when, when they want to relax, they put on a movie and just kind of chill out. When I want to relax, I put on Mike Tomlin. I just want to put on Mike. I listen to Mike Tomlin. I just love listening to the guy. I don't have, I have no reason to do it. I just love listening to him talk about anything so I can listen to that stuff all day. So Eric at home joins us. First of all, congratulations. We used to say Eric had a home from Yahoo, but now it's NFL.com, <laughs> NFL Media. I don't know the proper terminology, but congratulations <laughs> on your new gig. You are now colleagues with the one and only Jim Trotter. That's right, and uh, and thrilled to be uh, one of his colleagues and, and a great team. And uh, yeah, it's it's been an outstanding start so far, and I, I can't complain whatsoever. And uh, I'm I'm like you, I I I could uh, sort of find myself just staring at Tomlin for hours and just listen. I remember being at the combine once and he was watching a college basketball game and he said, now hold on a second. And he was just breaking down the play. And I thought he's as good at this as he is football. I, I'm, I'm in. You should have recorded it. I, I would, wish I, would I pay did. For that. I'd pay. I'd pay for that video. Just like Mike Tomlin talking about like Marquette versus DePaul. Right. I would just, I would just, I would just watch that and, and listen to that. Now, now how about Mike Tomlin talking about his new quarterback He's more excited. People in Chicago, where you are, are close to you in Illinois, <laughs> yep. I know that. People in Chicago will be very interested to hear the excitement with which Mike Tomlin talks about Mitch Trubisky because I don't think Bears fans share that excitement. How do you think this is going to work out in Pittsburgh? <laughs> it, it, it really is the conundrum for Bears fans because here is one of the most successful head coaches in, in recent NFL history talking up a guy who the bears defenestrated, like, you know, they couldn't wait to get rid of him. And, and I don't, you know, it wasn't a personal thing with Mitch. He just didn't fulfill the expectations, but you know, bears fans came to recognize Mitch as the problem. You know, this was the guy we were going to fixate on. You're right. I am here. I did hear them. I did watch the games and sure. There were times when Mitch absolutely was the problem, but there was some good there. There was some things that you felt like if he developed, if he took some confidence in, 
I always thought his scrambling ability was, you know, we see him running right here. I mean, I always thought that was a part of his game that was maybe underutilized. So maybe Mike Tomlin has found a little bit of the secret sauce to kind of figure out how to unlock Trubisky. But of course, we all know Kenny Pickett is in the bullpen warming up. And uh, I really believe Kenny will get a shot at some point this year. Kenny was outstanding this preseason, but I'll say this, Eric, and, and maybe you can speak to this. The lesson I take away from Mitchell Trubisky in Chicago is that oftentimes it is not about the player when he fails. It is about the circumstances he, he was put into. And yeah. Matt Nagy has shown me he did not know how to handle a quarterback, particularly a young quarterback, in terms of playing to a quarterback's strength. Your thoughts on that? I think you're absolutely right on that. I always say that, you know, you can evaluate the prospect, but fit, you know, where do they end up, what team, who their teammates are. That is so crucial, so important. Everything down from the quarterback coach to, you know, their offensive line, whoever they're throwing to, et cetera. You know, all those things matter. And of course, you know, the better players you're around and the and the more creative and, uh, uh, you know, effective play callers you're put with, the, the you know, the more uh, likely it is you're going to succeed in the NFL. But, um, you know, there are rare few who can obviously overcome such obstacles. And we've seen, you know, Aaron Rodgers do it at times. So we've seen Tom Brady and at the end of his New England run when things weren't as swell. But, uh, you know, we're talking about a handful, a select few the other 98% of the quarterbacks out there, I agree. It's it's where they end up, how they're treated. And sometimes there are irreversible effects. And we don't know if Trubisky yet falls into that category. Does he have that confidence uh, after having gone through the Chicago experience and then basically sitting for a year behind uh, Josh Allen and company? Yeah, Eric, what's you know, the what's quarterbacks? Go yeah, ahead, Go ahead, go ahead. No, I was no, curious, I'll, Eric. I'll no, 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 you, 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 you go, you go. So you guys are too nice. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I'm, I'm curious. What's the quarterback storyline you're most interested in this offseason or this season, I should say? Yeah. I mean, I mentioned Rodgers, obviously, given that there's no Devontae, that's certainly fascinating. You know, if you want to go with <laughs> more of the tabloid recent news, Tom Brady certainly has, has come up, but we know about these guys. I'm not saying that they aren't big stories. Of course they are. We don't know how much football we have left to watch of these guys. They're brilliant. They're maestros. We'll, you know, uh, study them ad nauseum. But if you're looking for a, you know, a young quarterback, the situation with, with Zach Wilson in New York is really fascinating because they clearly loved him last year when they drafted him. They they had him run as the starter uh, throughout all the offseason. You know, he begins the year as a starter, struggles, gets hurt, comes back, plays a little better. Uh, but now there's this question about availability for week one and, you know, whether he'll be out there on Sunday or whether it's going to be Joe Flacco against his old team. That's, I think, at least sets the stage for the Jets season. Uh, and you say, well, all right, Jets are a bad football team. But look at all the draft assets they've pumped into this team. Look at the free agent additions they've made. I'm not saying it's going to work. I'm just saying there has been a wholesale effort here to improve this football team and to try to stop being the joke of the NFL or, you know, one yeah. of them along with the team across town. So, you know, I, it it really is interesting to me to see if Wilson, who came – you know, somewhat off the radar with a brilliant 2020 season in college against some lesser defenses. We know he's got that playmaking instinct, but can he put it all together? Can he be healthy for Sunday and build a big, uh, big season this year with all the new parts around him? So that's one that maybe, you know, outside of New York isn't getting the attention. I think it probably deserves. 
Now, you mentioned uh, that they love that they love and loved um, Zach Wilson. I wonder, you know, from your draft study, and you go back to 2021, did you love him? And and how did you view him coming out of BYU? And after you tell us how you felt about Zach Wilson, I'm going to stay right there and just think about Denzel Mims too, because I know he wants to be traded. Uh, he's part of a great. Yeah wide receiver class. Uh, it was supposed to be a historic wide receiver class and he wants out of there. So just those two guys, Zach Wilson and Denzel Denzel Mims from your eyes. Yeah, I would say it was like a, you know, like a Dr. Strangelove thing. I learned to love Zach Wilson and I learned to kind of stop stressing about some of his uh, shortcomings and realize that you know, he can do some things that other quarterbacks simply cannot. And that's both a good and a bad thing. It's a double-edged sword. It can it can you know, quickly go off the rails if he tries to play that that YOLO ball too much. And there is a system in place. And, you know, Mike LaFleur, we know from obviously the 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 Shanahan LaFleur, uh, you know, coaching tree is, is somebody who I think has flexibility to a certain degree. But there's obviously a, a rigidity in terms of where people need to be and what the timing of the throws are and all that. And and that's an interesting contrast in style. So that, along with missing valuable practice time the last couple of weeks, you know, it's at least a little bit of a concern until proven otherwise. With Mims, I was I was a little bit ambivalent on him in the sense that he had all the physical ability. He took over some games in college, but there were times when you felt like, boy, you wondered if he could be a craftsman. You wondered if he was going to be a little bit too much of a freelancer at times. Uh, you know, I, I think there was also some suspicion about big 12 defenses and, you know, some of the teams he was racking up the big numbers against, but you know, it's hard not to look at him and say, there is a talented football player in here. That's sort of itching to get out. Um, they kept him for a reason too. I mean, it, it would be easy just to say, all right, here's the guy, you know, we drafted Garrett Wilson. We had this young kid, Elijah Moore. We like, and, and we signed Corey Davis and we've got all these pieces already here. Let's just kick him to the curb, see what we can get for him and move, move on, call it a day. They kept him, though, and I think they kept him for a good reason because he's got a body type in a game as a jump ball kind of guy. That's a little bit different from the other receivers on that roster. So this is this is where, you know, NFL teams, I think, have the advantage in terms of saying, you know, we kind of control what's going to happen here. And you may have to sit a little bit, but we may call on you at some point when it's most needed. Let me throw another Wilson at you. Let's go okay. across the country. Russell Wilson, what do you foresee? I can see things starting out slowly there. I'm not predicting a, a, a loss week one against their old team or anything, you know, his old team or anything like that. I don't know. I mean, that that's, you know, that's for other people to, to, to chime in on. But, you know, Russell, you know, obviously you go back to when his rookie year, first of all, it took, I think, Pete Carroll a little bit convincing that this, you know, swashbuckling, freewheeling, you know, playmaking guy was the one they needed to turn to. We always think of, uh, you know, Carroll as being conservative, as being the 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 guy who loves to run the football and all that. But I think he realized that, you know, Russell was going to, for the most part, make sound decisions, even while being this this whirling dervish of a quarterback. So, um, you know, that that does take time. And it's you know, obviously we got Nathaniel Hackett out there who's considered a, you know, a young offensive guru. I think they're, you know, excited about what, you know, his knowledge is going to bring to the equation. And I think on some level, he's going to let Russ be Russ. But, you know, for as good as their talent is on offense, and, you know, I think they have good receivers, even with, you know, some injuries and whatnot. You know, it, it still takes a little bit of time to get to know what Russ likes, what he prefers, 
you know, how much of a leash do you give them, that sort of thing. I'm just saying, I don't think they're going to, you know, set the world on fire the first month of the season. Or if they do, there, there could be a little bit of a, uh, a, a peeling back of the, of the performance a little bit. So I don't know. We'll see. I, I just suspect that there's going to take a little time till everybody's kind of comfortable with what Russ does best, even if he does have 12 years of tape. Cause I think he's been a little bit of a different quarterback the last couple of years. And you have to work around a few things that you maybe didn't have to before. I still love the guy. I think he'll end up being worth it, but right now, you know, just some patience might be required. Yeah. You know, Jim and Eric, I'm, I'm just not sure. I don't want to assume you guys are keeping up with everything going on uh, in the sports landscape. There was a, a college football game this weekend. I don't know if you caught it. Ohio State played Notre Dame. Uh, I think Ohio State won. Uh, I think they won the game. Uh, 21 to 10. Yeah. Uh, anyway. Um, yeah, come on now. Come on. You know, I had to bring it up. I want to bring it up before the show is over. You know, I had to bring that up. But, you know, CJ Stroud, CJ Stroud gets a lot of attention at the quarterback spot. Uh, Jackson uh, Smith and Jigba got hurt in that game, but he's a guy yeah. a lot of people like. And then, uh, to be fair, the number one overall pick, a lot of people think, is uh, in Alabama, whether it's you know, Bryce Young or Will Anderson. What, what do you see when you start to look at some of these uh, college football prospects? I know you're all over the draft. Who, who will we, we be talking about in uh, April and May of 2023? Well, if, if Saturday was the only you know, measure of, of what these guys are going to be. I, I'm going to be paying a lot more attention to Anthony Richardson in Florida because, you know, I saw almost a young Cam Newton looking guy there, uh, kind of a you know, physical mutant looking dude who, who had touch, who had timing, who wasn't making mistakes. I think there was a fumble he lost, if I'm not mistaken. But the running ability that, you know, you, Utah defense had been talking up for, for weeks leading up to that game. We know we have to prepare for, you know, his physicality, his running ability. But they also, I think, seemed a little bit caught off guard at just how fast he is, how, how, how agile he is. And, oh, by the way, uh, how much arm talent he has. Stroud, I would say, you know, even if he's not a, a runner, more of a pocket passer, definitely is going to have a lot of fans in the NFL. You know, maybe less so with Bryce Young. He's a slimmer build guy. You know, he isn't a runner either for the most part, a little bit. But, I mean, really not. That's not his game. It's it's mostly sitting back and being a, you know, a Drew Brees type. You know, will there will there be as much love for him widespread as there there is for Stroud or, or possibly Richardson or somebody like that? It, it remains to be seen. But I do think his pinpoint accuracy just sort of puts him on a different level. The wild card, I would say, is, is Will Levis from Kentucky and another – you know, big kid who can, who can move. And you saw, I think, especially down the stretch last year, last five, six, seven games or so, you know, improved touch, uh, comfort in the pocket, you know, going to his second and third reads and, and just showing a little bit more QB 201 level stuff that, uh, you know, we didn't necessarily see at Penn state or the first part of last season. So, you know, those are probably the four hot names, I guess, if you will. I'm sure I'm forgetting one or two, Tyler Van Dyke or whoever else. But those are the names that I think as we start the season right now, Some most teams have one game underway that I think we'll be still buzzing about in a month or two. Eric, don't let Michael fool you. The only game that matters to him is Michigan, Ohio State. And can I say, <laughs> Amen. I'm with him on that one. I am yeah. with him on that one. So... I that Let's game get, will be fine. I almost yeah. want to fast forward and get to it. 
you got it. The journey is what it's all about, man. Right? You got to sit through a lot of yeah. bad football to truly appreciate the great games like that one. That's at least my opinion. I don't know. I, I I'm up for for watching Iowa, you know, South Dakota State seven to three, and and watching my eyes bleed out because I know that that work will get paid <laughs> off later. <laughs> no, Michael knows. I, I, Jim Harbaugh yeah. brings a level of pettiness to to these rivalries that that oh, just. Yeah heightens heightens the expectation and anticipation for that game isn't that what we and, want and, though know, i love it i love it yeah i do and you got to have fun with it you know i was uh i, I was i was watching uh espn on saturday and they had uh i don't know if it was taped maybe it was live they had ryan day on and so kirk herbstreet clearly went to ohio state and he's talking about that school up north and his co-host <laughs> is like uh Correcting uh, Michigan. Yeah, man, we know it's Michigan. We know it's like, but allow him to say that school up north. He's being petty, like a good Ohio State Buckeye is supposed to be. Right. As long as he hasn't bought gasoline over the border in the last 40 years, I'll respect that. I'll, you, I'll, you know what I mean? I, I experienced good. that with Missouri and Kansas. Oh yeah, Norm Stewart. I used to always joke that he would never eat a meal by by a tank of gas. So that these are the things that I worry a little. We may lose at some point in college sports. Let's hang on with all our life. Hey, Eric, man, good to see you, man. Uh, and as 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 we said off the top, welcome, welcome to NFL Media. I'm saying it like I hired you. But I would have recommended you. I would have recommended you for sure if they had called me. I'm oh, glad you got nice. the gig, and look forward to uh, well, talking to you throughout the season. Yeah, I'll, I'll take the welcome, welcome from you, colleague. <laughs> I appreciate that very much, guys. Uh, you do a great job, and uh, we'll see you next time. All right, All right Eric, Eric. Thanks, man. Dive into the start of summer at Whole Foods Market. Check out their summer splash event with sales on fresh organic produce, organic strawberries and a fan favorite sale on Ben and & Jerry's and Talenti. Explore deals on grill-friendly meats like organic air-chilled chicken breast, beef and chicken kebabs, all with no antibiotics ever from our meat department. Plus, grab easy sides from prepared foods and cool off with refreshing drinks. Kick off your summer and shop in store or online at Whole Foods Market today. Well, Trotter, I'm always uh, just kind of peeking into feeds to see what other people are thinking about. And I see somewhere in your feed, way down there, way down there, you have something about an overreaction to week one, which we all do. But where are you going with that? What are you overreacting to or what are we overreacting to before week one, which starts on Thursday with Rams bills? Yeah, you know, Michael, it's not so much what are we overreacting to now, but it's after week one, the reactions that people will have and always get a kick out of it. Like, oh no, the season's over based on one game. And I go back to last year, think about this. Tennessee Titans got dominated by the Arizona Cardinals in week one. Who wound up being the number one seed in the AFC? Tennessee Titans. Mm, um, the Green Bay Packers just got, got it handed to them week one down in Jacksonville where they played the Saints last year. Who came out as the number one seed in the NFC? It was the Green Bay Packers, right? So right. I say that to I say that to say, folks, I get it. We've been waiting on week one. Football is back. Again, we are Pavlov's dogs. We will be there for the kickoff. But let's not go overboard based on 
the results of week one. It it is a long season, okay? I guarantee you we will. I guarantee you. Of course we will. will. You will too. No, I won't. No, I won't. (laughs) You won't. I can guarantee you. I won't. I don't. How did you, how are you able to escape this, this cycle that we all, all football fans are pulled into it. We can't help it. We tell ourselves, don't do it. Doesn't matter. It's week one. We don't know anything until November, Thanksgiving. And then we'll because, see game one or game three. And it's, it's all because over. How, I've how been, you I've been, Easy. I've been covering this league for more than two decades. I've made that mistake enough early in my career to where I've learned. It is, as they like to say, and coaches like to use cliches, it is a marathon, not a sprint. So I don't start overreacting until we get past Thanksgiving. I hold back until then. It is a marathon. Shout out Nipsey Hussle. Shout out. Just thank you, know? you. Thank you for, for, for just for just like giving me that little alley oop right there. But in this game on on Thursday, Bills Rams. You know what really blows my mind? You want to talk about overreaction? This kind of goes into what you're talking about. It's happening now, before the season, and I'm wondering if you think it's fueled by. <laughs> Bills fans, or is it the national media? I, I, I almost feel like, man, if if Buffalo just gets to the AFC Championship game, wow, what a disappointment! Like, I heard so many people talk about, oh, the Super Bowl, and they're Super Bowl favorites, and the Bills are going to win it, and going over all this history that has nothing to do with this team, it has nothing right. to do with these players, like. What the hell is it? Josh Allen? You got like Josh Allen and wide right? No. Like Sean McDermott and Marv Levy? No. What so, it is, what it, it is, Michael, more than anything, and I, and I think you would agree to this, whatever sport it may be, whether it's baseball, basketball, NFL, is that when you see a team that has been building and when you see a team that goes through certain heartbreak over a short period of time, and yet they are building and building to get there, and they use those hard breaks as sort of the foundation or a stepping stone to greater heights. I think that's what we see with the Buffalo Bills. Since Josh Allen has come in the last three years, they've gone to the playoffs every year, and we have seen them get better every year. And that's not to say they've gone as far in the playoffs, but we have seen them get better. That game they lost to Kansas City in the playoffs last year, that's what a lot of people are reflecting on, that – if not for a coin toss, it could have been the Bills that had gone on to the AFC Championship game and then likely mm. to a Super Bowl then. So as you know, there's mm. just, I'm just saying, there is a feel with certain teams. So it's not about statistics and that sort of thing. And I get folks who, who get into that, the analytics people and all of that. For me, I look at, is a team building towards something? And, and the Buffalo Bills have been doing that. And that's why I say... Yeah. I think that they're the favorite to win the Super Bowl because not only have they been building, but they have that hunger. One of the concerns I have about the Rams as I have with most defending Super Bowl champions is that when you get into those moments of adversity where it's like, okay, you're going to look each other in the eye and say, uh-uh, we're not taking no for an answer. It becomes a little easier, just a little bit easier to say, uh, we got ours already than it does if you have not accomplished what it is you set out to do. And so from that standpoint, I see the Bills, the roster's loaded. There's a hunger, there's talent, they've been building. That's why I lean towards them as a Super Bowl champ this year. 
Now, I just got to quibble with one thing you said. Um, yeah. Let me just say, let me say all the good stuff first. Uh, the okay. Buffalo Bills are the class, are the class of the AFC East. Uh, they're going to win that division again. I think it's going to be the third straight year after the Patriots dominated it for a generation. Now, the Bills will be three, uh, three-time three AFC East champions. Again, got it. Uh, love Josh Allen. I think he's one of the uh, best quarterbacks in football. He's either one or two on the list for me. He really is that high. But when you talk about the coin flip, <laughs> I still like that. I still like it. I don't like it because it kind of glosses over a pretty serious, a pretty serious situation. Right. 13 seconds. Not that they didn't stop him. <laughs> they didn't stop him in 13 seconds. <laughs> he had 13 seconds. Just make a couple like just make a couple of play just a couple of plays maybe one play how about one play just one play one play get that clock moving don't don't allow Kansas City to dictate the terms okay we're right out of bounds here we're gonna run this little no make a couple of plays you don't have to worry about a coin flip so I think that was there and people I got I got a history with Buffalo you may not know it I got a little history with Buffalo so I, I was going back and forth with them last year because I happen to say with a little hyperbole, I happen to say they weren't that good. But what I was trying to say, what I was trying to point out, what I was trying to point out, and I find it very interesting that I read this in the Buffalo News. I didn't write it. I just read it in the Buffalo News. There are beat writers, okay? There are people wrote it. I just happened to consume it. Last year, the writer says the Bills were 0-6 in one-score games. Last year, the writer says, the defense kind of collapsed down the stretch. I'm like, that's exactly what I was saying <laughs> last year. But y'all, you're coming from my head because I, what? I'm not Benny the Butcher. I'm not from Western New York, so I can't talk about it. It's like family business. You know, you can talk about your own family, but I can't talk about your family. I don't know what it is. Anyway, tell me this uh, before we run out of time, because I love talking about Tom Brady. Uh, what should Brady be concerned about? Well, it's funny when we were talking about overreactions uh, before a season, I thought you were going to hit me with that, that aren't you the guy who said Tom Brady won't make the playoffs this year? So you did. Um, yet, yes, that would be an overreaction on my part, but it's just a way to kind of stir it up before the season starts. Look, Tom Brady fascinates me because I don't know that I know of any player outside of Michael Jordan who has ever used any hint of a slight or even made up his own slights against him as motivation. I remember when they were playing the Eagles in the Super Bowl down in, uh, in Jacksonville and um, Rodney Harrison was telling me the story one time that they're on the bus and look, they've already won what? I think at that point, two championships. Can't two. remember. They won two at that point. Yeah. Yep. Right. And Ronnie tells me Tom turns to him and says, Man, can you believe, you know, I'm, I'm, I was a 199th pick and like six round pick, and you were like a fourth or fifth, and like nobody really believes in us, and this, that, and the other. And I'm like, 
he's won two championships. He's yeah. a Super Bowl yeah. MVP, and he's still stuck on this where he was drafted, you know? And and I'm not saying that in any way to, to sort of be condescending towards Tom Brady or like I'm making fun of him or anything. What I have learned over time is that athletes are wired differently. And I'll tell yeah. you a story one time you'll appreciate about the Patriots. So they played they play Peyton Manning one time in the playoffs in, Fox, in Foxborough. And after the game, the Patriots win the game. And I remember going in the locker room and a player says to me, and he's like intense. He's like, man, it's like everybody, they're going to win. It's like, man, they, it's like they spit in our face. And I remember after the game, I wrote a column and I said, apparently this player's never had anyone spit in his face or he wouldn't have said that. And the player got mad at me for writing that. And what it did, it kind of brought me back to say, man, dudes are just wired differently. And you got to be willing to accept that as an outsider about what makes them tick or what makes them go or what makes them great. Because me as an outsider, I'm never going to understand what that is, you know, because um, I'm not in their cleats. I haven't gone through it. But Tom, now this week, what's he talking about? Man, I'm telling my offensive linemen, look what they're saying yeah, about you. They're killing Look you. how bad you're going to be. You know, it's like, and he's just beating that into him, trying to instill that same sort of motivation. And then I, I kind of got a kick out of where he said, I'm, you know, I'm self-motivated and whatnot. So, but I don't mind a negative to help get me going. It's like, dude, you're still hanging on to where you were drafted 23 years right. later. So he got a, you haven't let doesn't it he have go, a production you know? company. Then they have a production company is like 199 something. So he's always you know? he's, he's working that into like his his own story. His part of his narrative is being number 199. I can understand it. But you know what? It, it, it strikes me that Tom Brady using that technique with the Tampa Bay lineman tells me that he actually thinks that they're good because I've seen Tom yeah. Brady here where if he doesn't think you're good, He's going to say the stuff to you that the media is saying about you, but he's not doing it to motivate you. He's complaining. Right. Like I saw him here complain about his wide receivers and in retrospect, rightfully so. One of the guys he complained about was Nikhil Harry, who's, you know, traded like a, you know, a bust first round pick. He complained about Joey, uh, Joey Galloway toward the end of Joey Galloway's career. As a matter of fact, Tom Brady sent Joey Galloway to ESPN. He started his media career. So if Brady's complaining about you, he doesn't believe in you. But if he's right. pointing out what people are saying about you, he thinks you're pretty good. That's, that's my like uh, that's my says, dime store analysis. No, that's good. That's like the coach who says, you should be concerned if I'm not talking about you as opposed to if I am. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Hey, Trotter, before we go, we'd be remiss if we didn't get a shout out to Francis Tiafo. Wow, what a great win over Rafael Nadal and a story. How about the story of this guy? <laughs> Tell I mean, you know, getting getting shout outs. He was very emotional. I was glad to see it. Very emotional after his win. And so uh, just the best to him. His father came over, uh, was building, was a custodian, really was building a tennis uh, tennis court. And that's how he learned to play. Great stuff.
All right, Jim Trotter, good to see you, man. I always appreciate you, buddy. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil.